I get this random email, not mm-hmm. a random email, an email from the recruiter who had recruited me for this role that I signed for. And she's like, do you have time today to talk? I have some urgent updates for you. Hello, clowns. I'm Ami. I'm Yu Chen, and we're the hosts of Clown Vibes Podcast. We're just two best friends who get together to laugh and discuss a variety of topics. From all things pop culture to navigating through adulthood as Asian Americans and more with our very own clownsmen, of course. We're so glad to have you here to clown around with us and we really hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back for another episode, clowns. We hope that you have been enjoying our first three episodes so far. Yes. And I just want to say, I think this is our last episode that we're doing before we switch to better mics. So yeah, we've heard you. We're making improvements. We heard ourselves. It was that. <laughs> Have you been seeing all the cheer stuff on TikTok? Yes. You guys remember cheer season one was like my biggest obsession for oh, yeah. a really long time. I don't think a season one, maybe Love is Blind, if, if that came out after cheer season one. But that had it did. that season one was just amazing. I think I mm-hmm. binge watched it. I hadn't binge watched like a docuseries in a long time. And obviously they're from Texas or the like school is from Texas. Yeah. So I think everything crazy happens in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I always drive um, through Navarro. Well, I guess like really I see the exit for Navarro when I drive to Dallas like Houston Dallas because it's on 45 my mom used to always buy like that fruit cake that's like super famous from Navarro remember like there's that store that they even filmed at for cheer anyways <laughs> she I used forgot. to buy it for Christmas and no one ate it <laughs> and it's so expensive I'm just like you do realize you're Asian right <laughs> Did she eat it? No. I think she just really tries to like buy into the whole like white people (laughs) culture. (laughs) Love that for her. (laughs) Okay. But what has been actually going on in Cheer this week? Okay. This is what I have gathered. And it is very complex because it's basically around Gabby and Ladarius. And they are just making Mm -hmm. TikTok videos back and forth, like addressing each other's Mm -hmm. statements. But I can't, like, figure out how to get it in a succinct way. So, based on the videos I've seen, basically, Gabby came out, like, or it came out maybe a month or two ago that she did blackface while she was at Navarro. Mm -hmm. Her reaction to that or her, like, excuse for that was, oh, I was being hazed and everyone told me to do it and I didn't know. And so, I don't remember any reactions post her making that statement. But then a week or two ago, Ladarius basically got on TikTok and was just like, I'm going to expose everyone and was saying like, oh, he told Gabby not to do the blackface and she should have listened to him because they were hooking up. And he added a clip of them like making out in the dark to his TikTok. (laughs) And I just want to know, did she know she was being recorded when they were making out she has to have because they had the flash on like it was like a front camera oh yeah cool video whatever so she had to know there's no way but i think the funniest part is ladarius makes like some one-off comment that he doesn't like blondes (laughs) and then like everyone in the comments was like 
oh, no wonder Gabby had dark hair when she was at Navarro, but she's like blonde now. Oh, she, yeah, she is blonde. <laughs> so that must have been years ago. Yeah, you know, like they were hooking up while they were at school. Yeah. I wonder if they were hooking up like during those seasons of cheer. Oh, they must have been. Because I think she was only there during the filming stuff. Like, I don't think she was at the school pre-cheer season one. I don't know. Did we, like, just... Did I just miss something where he was bi? Like, I thought he was gay. Me Um, too. Which I was just like, okay, this this storyline has taken a turn. But then it's taken, like, so many turns. So many turns. I guess he never really sad yeah I guess it wasn't really relevant to the story yeah yeah and I saw this clip when they were on watch what happens live with Andy where they're the bartenders and Andy's like tell us your secrets like who's hooking up with who and they're all kind of laughing and like Gabby and Ladarius are looking at each other and Monica like touches Ladarius's arm and is like looking at Gabby and it's like we're not gonna tell how does the fact (laughs) that Monica knows messy 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 well it must have been very like open because yeah. she was sleeping over at his apartment or dorm or whatever daily, according to him. So daily, daily. <laughs> I hope he's washing his sheets. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen. Okay, actually, I did see her video, but I scrolled past it because I was too tired to watch it. Okay, I saw a high level overview of it. <laughs> okay, great. And one, she's just like so frantic in like a public bathroom, like making this video. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only looked at the comments for one second and the comments were just like, why are you in a bathroom? And I've scrolled through. (laughs) She really had to go. She really had to go make this video. She couldn't even find like the family shared bathroom. She had to go into like (laughs) the one with multiple stalls. (laughs) Yeah. And then two, she's like super tan. I think people were like, are you in a tanning salon right now? <laughs> like, no relevant questions. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares what she has to say. They're just like commenting on her like demeanor. <laughs> okay. And three, she, I think she ends the, she ends it with like, Jesus still loves me or something like religious. Interesting. Which I'm just like. Only in Texas would you make this excuse for Jesus. Yeah. Also, I didn't know that she was religious. Yeah. I guess it's an easy thing to throw in. Yeah. Regardless of if you are. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I'm excited to see. I mean, I feel like that's it for the beef. Like, what else are they going to throw out? And honestly, it's sad. But, like, you know how so much drama has surfaced around blackface? Like, Mm -hmm. like we've seen it happen in the bachelor multiple times and yeah unfortunately it always blows over so I don't know if like people are ever gonna learn but I definitely do think this drama is very short-lived very and also no one cares about cheer as much anymore and oh but like there's there's not gonna ever be another season just because of like or if they're gonna do another season it's gonna be like with a completely new crowd like they're not gonna bring back the old um alums no it's there's just been so much side drama associated with. they're chaotic netflix i'm sure every time something comes off something comes out it's just like god damn it (laughs) (laughs) like oh how did we not vet this shit (laughs) i think freebie is gonna pick it up (laughs) 
even free if anything be caught dead around this yeah crazy side mess what else has been going on well jill biden kissed kamala oh yeah (laughs) okay but if you watch a slow down video she's really like kissing right next to they're kissing like right next to each other's lips not actually lips but the angle makes it seem like they're kissing <laughs> on the lips. the angle is just like well here we go <laughs> let's do this <laughs> so confidently no no reaction post the kiss I'm just going on with their lives you would think that there has been like significant training on how to greet certain people within yeah. like politics within the u.s and also but also like they have engagements across the entire world i bet like their staff trains them extensively on like where to lean and like how Mm -hmm. to greet them and so the fact that this this like (laughs) was just so close i was just like what i think maybe they don't get coached on how to greet each other because essentially they're like second husband like I don't know not as important oh well now now they will they could have just hugged they could have done something else they really threw a risky move in by trying to do the kiss it's not even like American culture (laughs) no exactly like why don't you just hug that's like way more normal or shake hands I think I think they were very confused (laughs) yes (laughs) they played off well I will give them that this like transitions very nicely to our main topic of this episode, but so many layoffs happening again this week. Yeah. Um, a firm being one of them, which first of all, fuck a firm. <laughs> I'm not a big fan <laughs> of a firm or any yeah. of the buy now, pay later companies. <laughs> so I'm happy to see that company in the bad news cycle, but obviously like my heart goes out to everyone affected. I just hate the company itself. Yeah. Um, also, and then mm-hmm. you could have seen that coming when in the pandemic, um, 70% of the job postings were for a firm. <laughs> That's true. And DoorDash. Oh, wait, why is it always a firm and DoorDash? <laughs> <laughs> um, but also Zoom did layoffs, mm-hmm. but I think they handled it extremely well. So well. And mm-hmm. for those who don't know, the CEO took a 98% pay cut and also disclosed a salary from last year, which was only 300k which I say only it is a lot of surprising but yeah yeah, it's pretty it's very reasonable for a CEO there are people who make that money at way lower levels at other companies so he took a 98% pay cut his SLT took a 20% pay cut and he publicly acknowledged his mistakes which I thought was very admirable and actually for my company all hands open Q&A I submitted the question like if we have layoffs is our CEO gonna take a pay cut and I put in for like Zoom (laughs) wow you are so feisty behind the camera (laughs) or like behind the anonymous (laughs) I I didn't come up with the question but my coworker who who also submitted it was like I'm gonna submit this so it's just like camaraderie I'll do it too I was telling Nico this and he was like, um, but what's going to happen to like his stock? Because that's how the majority of these execs get their money. And I think he was saying the Twitch CEO or the Amazon CEO, I don't know which one, um, 
their base is only like 150 or something but like oh. they have like stock up the wazoo uh, okay got it so, okay so this is a little misleading yeah when he said 98 percent pay cut he means just base salary probably yeah yeah that's still okay. that's still good I mean yeah he's yeah, still yeah. taking a pay cut yeah um, and it's better than anything else we've really seen or that I've seen yeah I've I want to give props to Zoom. Although, like, remember when this first happened, we were like, how is this happening to Zoom? Like, people are always using Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, Us right now. Maybe they've really, like, plateaued in the number of, like, new users. I'm sure. And people are pushing to go back into the office more now. So that yeah. is also probably decreasing Zoom. Also, most companies like mine have both. Google Suite and Zoom on the side. So it's an easy way to cut down expenses to just cut Zoom. Oh, yeah. Just use Google Meet. And everyone has like one suite that has some video conferencing system. Like the Zoom Atom is not necessary. Another um, company that's doing a really good job, I think, is Apple. And we haven't, mm. I think they are like the last tech giant that we haven't heard from to do layoffs. Yeah. And one of the guy that I dog walk for actually <laughs> works at Apple. And when like, I think back in October, I was kind of talking to him about this and he's like, well, we've actually stopped hiring like a whole year ago. Like they did not hire, like they wow. really scaled back in hiring really quickly. So I think after the pandemic, I think they like foresaw what was going to happen and really like try to keep a lot of their employees very early on um so major props to them but who knows I don't think this is over I see news about this every single day um which is why I think we decided to keep our episode or we split our unemployment episode into two parts um just because a lot of this stuff is really relevant right now and we hope that it like helps someone or just sheds light on the experience itself Um, so we hope you enjoy part two of our unemployment episode okay so tell us so you were job hunting you got one job how did that go down yeah so remember um all of this happened like early October and I was kind of already interviewing and resume dropping um like even that week, I think I had submitted some applications. And so I had, <laughs> I had interviews literally the next week, which I feel very grateful for. Um, and so I moved through the mm-hmm. process pretty quickly for two companies. And I was in the final rounds for these two companies within like four weeks. Um, so everything like worked out really well for me. I wasn't super stressed. I was really enjoying my fun employment and my break at the time. I still had severance that I was living off of. So everything I was Jay chilling. Um, I ended up getting one of the jobs while I was in Napa. So it was like a really fun celebration <laughs> with my friend. Um, and that was around mid November. So after that, after I got the job, we had negotiated that I would start in mid-January, which was perfect because they were a very similar company to my last company in terms of size. So they wouldn't, they didn't have like capacity to onboard me right before the holidays, especially the holidays is really busy for the retail industry itself. So I was Jay chilling, or I thought I would be Jay chilling <laughs> between mid-November to 
January. And for a good month, I was. I think I was peak Jomo mm-hmm. that four weeks where I had yes. a job offer, but I wasn't working at the time. I wasn't worried about money. All was well. I think I was knitting. I was watching a lot of shows. I was reading. <laughs> and then the week right before I had to come back home for Christmas, I get this random Mm -hmm. email, not a random email, an email from the recruiter who had recruited me for this role that I signed for. And she's like, do you have time today to talk? I have some urgent updates for you. And I also knew, I knew, because remember I called you and you were very hungover. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, no way. One, I don't even have the capacity to understand what this means. But two, absolutely no way this is happening. And the thing is, is that I knew this was happening because I had saw similar situations on like LinkedIn about this happening to people from like larger companies like Amazon. And so I knew that this was a thing and I had kind of mentally prepared myself, but kind of not. And when she called me, she just basically said like, based on business performance, we had to cut the initiatives that you would be working on. And unfortunately, that means that we had to cut your role as well for this year. That was really hard to hear because there was nothing that I could have mm-hmm. done um, to prevent it. And it's also, it's not like I could have done anything to prevent me losing my other job either, in my opinion. Yeah, um, no, it was all out of my hands. It was all just happening to you. Yeah. I think the hardest part in this entire thing is just people thinking that it's their fault when it's not like Mm -hmm. this is happening to you yeah it's so far out of your control it's like people who are looking at you like as a number on a spreadsheet Mm -hmm. making decisions and the hardest thing is like or at least for me it's like I never thought that this would happen to me like because you know both Mm -hmm. of us are just such we're high performers you never expect to get laid off but you have to realize at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with you or anything you could have done. And that's just something that you really need to like drill inside your head because it can really like eat at you mentally and emotionally. Yeah. And like doing one thing differently X amount of months ago, like ruminating over these things is not one helpful and not even true. Exactly. So no need to go down those rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. So the offer was rescinded right before Christmas break, which was really tough. Um, But luckily, I had a second company that I was interviewing for within this first round of interviews. And they actually had another role open up in the same role, just like another headcount. And they had reached out to me earlier, but I had taken the other role. And so I just reached back out and asked if I could like just be reconsidered into the process. And they were more than willing to. But also I knew that I couldn't rely on just this one potential offer. And so I had to Mm -hmm. really go full force in interviewing at other companies and applying for other roles. I will say, I think this second time around in job hunting was very emotionally and mentally taxing on me for multiple reasons. And you were there to like witness it all as emotional (laughs) as I have gotten in a really, really long time, I think. But I think like, first of all, timing just really sucked because Mm -hmm. budgets were close. I think the holidays, the holidays, people are out, budgets are looked at and finalized 
by maybe early January. And that's when new headcounts start coming in. And I was applying during this basically dead period of the month. And so I wasn't getting anything for, I wasn't hearing back. I wasn't hearing rejections. I wasn't getting like any interviews for a good like two weeks. And that really stressed me out because the first time around, I got so many interests like immediately. So I wasn't worried this time around, nothing. And I also really had to like force myself to take a break during the holiday and to enjoy my holiday as much as I could for the two weeks after mm-hmm. Christmas. Yeah. And I didn't do a single thing for job hunting. And then we were in Big Bend the next week. So I also did not want to ruin that trip as well. But during that time, I was actually getting like some emails back from applications. So momentum was picking up. I think just like getting through that lull was actually very emotionally taxing on me. It's hard when you when you're feeling so many emotions, even though like mentally, you know, it's because no one's working right now. Yeah. To that point, I know that you were not in therapy in December just because of the insurance situation, which the US is a scam. The fact that you have to have a job to have insurance is fucked. But how did you feel not being able to talk to your therapist about it how do you feel like the last two years of therapy have helped you prepare for the situation even though you weren't able to talk to her weekly okay so that's a good point because I wasn't in therapy but it was mainly because she was on vacation um I think she was traveling oh, okay, okay. for a very long time um even therapists need to go on holidays we need to remember that <laughs> they're not <laughs> here not allowed <laughs> they're not in our speed dial <laughs> Um, I will say for people who are worried about therapy um, and not having insurance, I've had a good relationship with my therapist and we were able to negotiate a discounted rate at that time um, for the period where I was uninsured. But yes, she was gone because of because of her holiday. I actually think it went surprisingly well. I don't know. You kind of became my therapist. <laughs> just asked a leading question. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is that because I've been in therapy for almost three years now, Mm -hmm. I've noticed changes that I may not have been able to make when I first started therapy and separating between like what is in my control and what is not, I think is like a key change gradual change that I've made in the three years that I've been in therapy. And that is one thing that has really kept me going at the end of the day in this process, because the fear of the unknown is just really, really scary. And when you're so hard on yourself professionally, it can also be really difficult too. But knowing that I will be able to find a job, it might take three months, it might take six months, it may take a year, depending on your financial situation focusing on the facts rather than the emotions, which is difficult is what kind of helped me get through the day. Mm -hmm. I did have a pretty fat emergency savings fund. So I kind of knew the runway that I was working with and just leaning into Mm -hmm. that fact kind of helped me get through it um, without needing to talk to my therapist. Yeah. I think you were able to come up with a really good plan of if this doesn't happen in X time, I'm going to do this. If this doesn't happen in this time, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. which probably helped conceptualize time-wise like what was happening Mm -hmm. so then you got 
another offer. Then you got two more offers. How did that feel? How did you ultimately decide what to go with? Lead us through the conclusion of this saga. So the second round of interviewing was a lot harder just in terms of the interview process. It mentally it was hard, but like the process itself was hard. Definitely. I was interviewing for some more competitive roles with like higher salary bands. And for anyone going through a job search process, not even like getting laid off, but just in general, I think uh, what is the term? Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome, I think, is something mm-hmm. that we all kind of go through during this process. And I was feeling it really hard during this round of interviewing. And it was just really getting to me. I remember spending hours studying for each interview, which honestly, I think it's just so clownish of some companies who require like such lengthy interview processes. I mean, you've interviewed. They're thinking too much of themselves. Exactly. Like at the end of the day, I remember like spending hours prepping for some interviews and I just could not imagine doing this while having another job at the same time like that's just too much remember I'd sent you this packet of this like interview packet that this company gave me of their process for the role Um, and it's a great role a great company but they required at least 10 hours of like actual interviewing and I was just like 10 hours for what like I almost feel like you should know if the person is like a good fit for your company within like three and a half, four rounds yeah. max, I think. And the, Definitely. the I say three and a half, four, I think the half and the four should be like a one last like cultural culture fit check. I also mm-hmm. feel like reference checks are outdated and a little bit useless because yeah, totally. if you give someone a reference, they're not going to say anything bad about you. <laughs> That's how I feel about peer reviews. Like we've been doing peer reviews and it's just like, these are my friends. I'm just going to say they're cool. Like even if you have something bad to say, you like stress about it. You're like, I, I don't know how to like not yeah. say this. Just like, I'll tell you to your face. I'm not going to write it in this like yeah. company document. Well, some people do. And that's when you know, like they are really hoeing you. Um, yeah. You have to like really look out for those people. Yeah, but then like you wouldn't request like a peer review from them, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't send them in as a reference. Anyways, I ended up getting an offer from the first company that had an interview with in the first round, um, which was really nice. I wasn't expecting it actually, because they made it seem like it was a really, it probably was, maybe it was like a really competitive um, process. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I got that, it was just like, (gasps) a wave of relief. I remember like you were really happy for me too. I think <laughs> everyone was really happy for me. And the package was that they offered was like really validating too, because I think like when you are tr- maybe trying to negotiate for a higher salary or looking for a jump in your salary band from one job to the next, it can, imposter syndrome can like creep in a little bit more and say like, oh, am I actually worth yeah. like this amount of money? Um, but it's it was actually like very validating to me. And I was like very happy about mm-hmm. it. I also ended up receiving another offer that I just did not really expect because I was in the rounds for like a couple of companies, but I knew I would only choose 
this other company over this offer if I got it um, rather than all the other companies that I had interviewed for. And I ended up not getting the company that I would have chosen over this offer. And so I kind of knew in my gut that I would take this offer. But then getting the second offer really made me go like, whoa, because it was a lot higher, not a (laughs) lot. It was slightly higher than the first company. Um, And I think what's really clownish of me is I accepted the first offer before I even got the second offer. But, but, but. They give you a really short window to accept. Yeah, they did. They They did because they knew my situation. They knew my situation, but I would say you always have leverage to push back. I also yeah, that's felt true. very stressed to accept because I, because when my mm-hmm. offer was rescinded, I just was in this fear mindset of me losing an offer. And so because of the situation and the high stress that I was under, I just decided to accept. I also did my due diligence. Like I talked to somebody in that somebody who was in the previous role who left the company. So I kind of got like an outside inside perspective on the company that I was going to accept. And I also did my due diligence in like pushing on certain questions around job stability to both like the recruiter and the hiring manager. So I thought that was yeah a really good like validating point to take the job. And I think before you had taken the job, you were already kind, you had already done the pro con list of this other mm-hmm. offer as well. Like you had already thought through, like, what if I do get this offer too? Would I even want to take it? And I think you had a really good idea that you didn't want to anyway. Mm-hmm. But what's so clownish is I was losing sleep over getting this like second offer. Remember <laughs> we were having conversations on like, reneging my offer and a lot of people were like well are you going to and I think like I truly was never going to um that's just like not who not the person that I was I think at the end of the day I may have lost just a little left a little bit of money on the table and I just want to say that us females we get a lot of shit for not negotiating um or not like sticking up for ourselves but at the end of the day, like if you are in a high pressure situation and maybe you could have done something a little bit better to get a better offer or feel like you could have just done something better. I think we all need to be a little bit more gracious to ourselves, especially mm-hmm. in this like era of uncertainty. Unknown. Because you yeah. never know. And like, I think trusting my gut was really good when I chose between these two jobs because I had a conversation with someone else who was a lot senior at like a completely different company. And he was like, just hearing these two roles, I think you made the right choice in choosing this one company. So that was really validating. You were making decisions based on the best information you had at the time. You can never fault yourself for doing things like that. Mm -hmm. And of course, we all wish we had the information we did today, five years ago, but it just doesn't work that way, even one week ago. And basically, I'm in this mindset that this doesn't have to be the perfect job, although I am very, very excited about the current job that I'm in. I think it's like a great company. I'm really excited about the role and the people that I'm working with. But kind of just like going back to what we discussed, like we're on our third job, which is supposed to be a lot better than our second. But, you know, maybe the fourth will be better. Yeah. Nothing is permanent. Nothing is permanent. Our generation, I think is really, I don't want to say struggling, but there's 
a disconnect between like our parents' generation who have primarily stuck with one job for a mm-hmm. really long time Definitely. and progressed their career. And sometimes these people are in like management positions that we're working with and they yeah. might look down at us like zigzagging as like, oh, not a really great way to like navigate your career. But meanwhile, the Gen Zers are like, yeah, get that dough, <laughs> get that bread. Like if they're going to yeah. pay a higher salary, like go ahead and jump. To everyone who says like, you really have to have loyalty to your company. Like you should stick, no. place, stick to one place. You should never, because they don't care about you. You should value yourself. They are not going to value you the way you are. So you have to always do what's best for you. And if that means moving around, that means trying different things until you find something you like, do it. At the end of the day, in 10 years, like you're going to actually have lost more money staying with the same company than if you would have just moved around a little bit more. And if this past, like, layoff season has taught us one thing it's that loyalty is not rewarded no not at all (laughs) some ways I feel like you're getting burned by being loyal Uh uh-huh yeah and if I learned one thing in this entire process too it's that I need to like diversify myself as an asset like my job cannot be the only thing in my life that's like a focus Mm -hmm. point and that's why I mean we're leaning into this podcast that's why I'm leaning into other things that I'm interested in because at the end of the day yeah it is just a job and it is never guaranteed And the only thing that I can guarantee in my life is like my dedication to myself, wherever like that may lead me. Mm -hmm. And I think like for 2023, I really need to lean into that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing this whole thing. I'm sure everyone, you know, at this point, I'm sure everyone knows at least one person who's being affected or been affected by the situation. And unfortunately, it's just the name of the game right now. Mm-hmm. But for those who who have and are listening, you're going to find something and it's probably going to be better. Yeah, And you'll look back on this in a few years and just say, haha, I wish I would have just had more fun. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I would have stressed less, which is I'm sure what you go back and think for so mm-hmm. many situations in your life. But this one, especially just remember, hey, this is a break that you're getting and Honestly, who cares? Make the most of it and it'll all work out. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us on all social media at Clown Vibes Podcast or email us at clownvibespodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoy our show and want to support us, please like, subscribe, and give us a rating and review. That's it for today. Bye, Bye clowns. clowns.